Okay, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just being good to us, Lord. Thank you for uh, just a church that um, uh, loves you, uh, loves your word, um, just is busy about your business. And uh, there's a lot of things going on, uh, Lord. And even if it's uh, not super uh, busy, there's still ministry happening all the time. And so, Lord, I do pray that uh, you would just bless the soccer ministry coming up. Uh, we've had one of these in the past, and uh, it was a it was a really uh, large outreach to the community. So, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just get the glory for that. Um, Lord, I do uh, pray as we uh, jump back into 1 Corinthians today that you would speak through me, that you would um, just get the honor and the glory. It would be clear and concise, and that we would all understand that uh, we do have a place in the body. We do have purpose in the place that you've given us. And uh, Lord, if we would just uh, uh, hold fast to the things that you've called us to do uh, now, uh, Lord, that we would be prepared for what you have for us in the future. So I pray you just speak to us today. Uh, just get the honor and the glory uh, for everything that we say and do. Uh, and just use Pastor Brian as he preaches uh, even this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Uh, last week we uh, spent a little bit of time talking about spiritual gifts uh, and basically the difference between uh, sign gifts and spiritual gifts uh, because the list in 1 Corinthians is actually a list of basically all sign gifts, uh, gifts that uh, were used uh, in the early church, uh, predominantly in the early part of the book of Acts uh, as a sign because Jesus was no longer there. Uh, and it was a way to uh, show that the power of Christ was still available. Well, now we have the power of Christ available in the in the ch- in the local church, and so uh, in the body of the believer. And so, anyway, that's why we uh, predominantly lean on the list from the Book of Romans, chapter twelve. Now, go back and listen to that. If you have any questions, uh, we can circle back around. But today, uh, Paul switches gears as he's been going through this list, and he starts talking about the body of Christ. And a lot of this stuff, especially in a in a room like this, most everyone in here uh, has either uh, been through D1 or even further or going through D1. And so the body of Christ and understanding how the body of Christ works um, is pretty basic, uh, I would say. You should understand that everybody has a purpose, uh, and if everyone would just do what they're called to do, man, the church would, would thrive. The problem is, and this is just me speaking uh, very plainly, the problem is, People don't want to do what they're called to do, and uh, they always want to do what somebody else is called to do, and we end up with with a big circus sometimes going on. And I don't mean that HBF is a circus, but I just mean at times, uh, if we would just do what we were called to do, uh, and then trust that if God God's will was for us to do something different, He would call us to that. Uh, we would find peace in that, but in, instead we we really get it all uh, jumbled up. And so, uh, if you want a title today, it's pretty simple. Do you understand, right? And I'm not talking about you know, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth, but just do you simply understand? Uh, and so, I have five misunderstandings, uh, and these are things that we and I I don't just say we. I've seen people in the in the church, and when I say the church, I mean this church. I've seen people in this church get these things out of whack. And so five misunderstandings of how the body of Christ works. And it's pretty basic. It's pretty simple, but there's still misunderstandings. And so let's just kind of read through this and then we'll circle back around and get to it. So first Corinthians chapter 12, he just gets through this section on listing through all these spiritual sign gifts that really aren't even uh, seen in the church today. Uh, and then you get to verse 12 and he says, for as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members, 
of that one body being many are one body, so is also Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, now if your foot starts talking to you, we've got issues, but uh, if the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, obviously that's pretty plain and simple. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Or if the whole were the hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him, and if uh, they were all one member, where were the body? And if, uh, I'm sorry, but now they are many members, but yet one body. A lot of one body going on here, if you notice, you know, a theme of what's happening, what Paul's trying to say. Verse 21, and the eye cannot say into the hand. Again, if your eye starts talking, there's an issue. I have no need of thee, nor again the head into the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, much more those uh, members and uh, members of the body which uh, seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, unto these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing. Well, no, none of us do actually today. Do you all speak with tongues? Do you all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Okay, so that's a long passage, and you're just like, okay, what did, what did he just say? Because I lost track after like the second verse. Well, I understand, because that's what happens when somebody's reading to you, and you're not reading it yourself. You, you, you zone out, or at least that's what I do. I, I completely zone out. But... There's misunderstandings of how the body of Christ works uh, as you go through this thing. And so the first one and the first few verses is uh, is this. In verse 12 to 14, let me read it again. And we'll just take this down piece by piece because this is a misunderstanding. This is where people think, well, let's just get to it. It says in verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So what he's doing here. If you ever take D2, uh, this is something you'll learn. Uh, Paul is using something that you know to explain something that you don't know. He's saying if you don't understand how your body works at this point in your life, there's probably an issue. If you don't understand that without your foot, you're going to fall. If you don't understand that without your leg working, have you ever had like your leg cramp up and you just feel like I can't do anything, right? I just can't, I can't walk. I can't do, if you've ever had like some part of your body not work like it should and you just feel like I, I can't function i can't and so that's what he's talking about he's using something that you do understand something that you should have a good hold on and he says i'm going to use that to explain something to you that maybe you don't have a hold on and he says for as the body is one and hath many members you have a foot you have a leg you have toes fingers all the different things right uh and all the members of that one body being many are are, are, are all members of that one body being one 
uh, are, are one body, so also is Christ. He's trying to say the same thing happens in the church because we are the body of Christ, right? The, the verse says, what? No, you're not the, uh, you're the body of Christ, right? Or, uh, that's not the, that's not the right verse. It says that, uh, you're, you are the body of Christ, the members in particular, right? You all have a purpose, a function, a something. Push that close, Brenton, yeah. Uh, you all have something uh, going on. And so he says, for by one spirit, that's key to know because we all get saved by one, one, one way, right? We all get saved through Christ, capital S, spirit. We're all baptized into one body, meaning when you get baptized, what's the picture, right? The picture is that I am identifying with this body, this local New Testament church. We are all one body. So he says that we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. So you can come from different backgrounds. Whether we be bond or free, you can be in jail. You can be free. You can be and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Meaning, it doesn't matter where you came from. If you get saved, you're all part of the body. And so one of the, and this isn't even... Uh, the, the misunderstanding I want to talk about. But one of the things that people kind of get confused when it talks about the body of Christ in general is the fact that they think that, well, my church is the body of Christ. Well, it is, but so is every other uh, local New Testament church, right? Now, I'm not talking about, um, well, I'm not even going to get into different religions and different things because uh, there's a lot of different people that are saved that go to a lot of different churches. That, But what I'm talking about is... Uh, we're all the body of Christ. You can go halfway around the world and find somebody that's of the body of Christ. It doesn't mean they're a member of this church, right? We're all a member of something bigger uh, when it comes to the body of Christ. But for now, shrink that down to where we're at, at HBF, right? Uh, and we may be a small part of what's going on, but still it takes everybody doing their part for even HBF to function the way that it should. And what he's saying is, it doesn't matter where you came from. So the first misunderstanding of how the body of Christ works, and this is what people tell themselves, is my background affects my placement in the body of Christ. They tell themselves that my background affects my placement in the body of Christ, meaning, well, I was pretty messed up before I got saved. I was, uh, I was pretty, uh, I used to do this, or I, you know, I, I spent time in prison, or I did this, or I did that, or, you know, I, I was a really good person before I got saved, so God can really use me, or people think that I'm really good at this, so I should be really good at that at the church, and that sometimes doesn't have anything to do with it. And so, your background, in case you're wondering, has nothing to do with what God is going to do with you inside the body of Christ. You might be really good uh, at building buildings. It doesn't mean that in the body of Christ that's what you're going to do or that that's what you have to do, right? Uh, you might be called to do something completely different. You might be really good at uh, whatever it is that you do in the world, right, for your job. It doesn't mean that that's what God's going to use you for uh, in the local New Testament church. It also doesn't mean that because you had a messed up past or because you had... You know, whatever happened before you got saved, that that is going to either help you or hinder you and wherever God is going to use you in the body of Christ. When you get saved, uh, the first thing that you should do is understand what the Word of God says about who you are. Too often, we get saved and immediately we want to jump into six different ministries and we don't ever even find out who we are in Christ because who we are in Christ is tired and worn out because of ministry. That's what happens. Who we are in Christ becomes what we do in Christ. And that's not the case. Who you are in Christ is born again, is uh, uh, a new creature, right? 
And once you find out what that means, then you can find out what God has called you to do. So understand that your background really has nothing to do with your quote-unquote placement in the body. He says that it doesn't matter whether you are a Jew or a Gentile. Well, in the culture that he's writing this to, they were like very different, right? Jews and Gentiles, uh, they were they were very, very different. Um, it doesn't matter where you, where you came from. It doesn't matter if, if you're talking to Mike Blake, what side of the tracks you're from. If you ever talk to Mike Blake, you understand the difference between if you live on this side of the tracks or that side of the tracks in, in his town. But it doesn't matter where you're from uh, or, you know, how you were raised. It matters who you are today in Christ. And too often we get that all messed up in, in the body. We get it all messed up. Well, do you know where I came from? I don't really care where you came from, honestly. If you're asking my opinion, I don't really care. I don't really care that that's what you used to do, right? I care with who you are now. And are you, are, are you, uh, this is Cass County talk, uh, usable, right? Uh, are, are you, uh, are, are you able to be used right now, today? You know, no matter where you're at. I'm teaching through the life of Joseph, uh, in HBI right now. I'm almost done with it. And then Joseph, it didn't matter where he was at in the book of Genesis, if you're tracking with who I'm talking about. There's a lot of Josephs in the Bible, but, uh, there's only one Joseph. If you're, if you, if you read the guy's life, you'll know, understand, but, it didn't matter where he was at. He was like, God, just use me right here. It didn't matter if he was in prison uh, or if he was like uh, ruling all of Egypt. Uh, he was just like, God, use me where I'm at and anywhere in between. And that's where we have to be in the body of Christ. When you get saved uh, or wherever you find yourself in your Christian walk, you just have to basically ask God, how do you want to use me right now? And understand that uh, if he's already told you, this is how I want to use you. Uh, if he hasn't told you something different, just do what he told you to do in the first place. Too often we get bored. We're like, well, I've done this for a while. I want to do something different. Or I, I, I don't really like this. I like what that person's doing. Well, did God tell you to do that? Well, not yet. Okay, well, don't do that then. Because uh, that's what happens. We, we, we were talking about this the other day. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, right? As the cows continue to jump on Tyler's side of the fence. And, you know, Mike, it's springtime. The grass is green everywhere right now, right? And we laugh at that, but like, that's what Christians do. They act like dumb cows sometimes. And they're like, well, I'll go over here and do it. Well, why? Where you were at, God was using you. Why would you? Anyway. Your background does not affect your placement in the body of Christ. That's what he's talking about. Moving on. Verse 15, he says, If the foot shall say, again, now if your foot starts talking to you, there's an issue. Because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? So basically what he's trying to say, he's using something that you understand. If your foot was like, well, I'm not the hand, then I don't get used as often as the hand, so I'm not as important. That's basically what he's trying to say. Or he goes on to say, If the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Again, just because you're different, just because you do, you have a different function or a different purpose, doesn't mean that, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Or if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Right? We all can't do the same thing. As awesome as it may seem to be the pastor, you all can't do it, right? And I'm not saying you can't do it, I'm just saying we all can't be Brian Hedges, right? Because why? Because if we were all Brian, then nobody would be sitting there listening, right? If we were all in the AV booth, then nobody would be up there playing the instruments. If we were all taking care of the kids, then Brian would be preaching to an empty auditorium, right? We all can't do one thing. We all can't be one way. We have to be different. And so the next misunderstanding that we come across is, and this is what we tell, I've seen people tell themselves this, being different 
makes me less useful in the body of Christ. Being different makes me less useful. Well, I'm not like everybody else, right? Those people, uh, they're just like made to serve, right? They're just like made to uh, fit in, right? I come, you know, I'm cut from a different cloth. I'm different than those people. And like, I was created to be like the second to the pinky toe, right, of, of the body of Christ. That's just what I was created to be. I'm not created to be the hand, right, or the the ear. or And so I, I'm just different, and so that makes me less useful. Well, that's that's a bunch of you-know-what, right? If if your body doesn't all work together, it's messed up, right? He's, what he's trying to say is every part is as important as the other. A few weeks ago, uh, I was out a few weeks ago, and so some of you kind of know what was going on, but it was the weirdest thing ever. I started having these, like, dizzy spells and it was it was super weird i've never had issues like this at all uh, i do really dumb things at work sometimes we walk around you know, up in the air doing all kinds of crazy things I've never had an issue with balance in my life all of a sudden i started having these like it felt like the world was spinning and so so much so that like a few days into this i couldn't even like i not even stand up i couldn't sit up without feeling like the world was like whirling around me it was the weirdest thing ever and like if you've ever been uh to like an amusement park on a ride that's super spinny and you get off of it it was like that times 10 all the time it was it was really weird and so i'm like all right as long as i stay laying down i'll be fine well then Paige calls kendra and kendra's like hey it sounds like you know he could be having the early signs of a stroke and so you know Paige kind of freaks out and i end up in the emergency room and when you said we were going to the emergency room <laughs> to my to me that's freaking out i don't know okay you're right it, it, either way <laughs> Paige is lovingly concerned enough to get me off the couch where I feel like I'm not going to vomit. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure as I'm like laid back in the car going to the emergency room telling myself this is a really dumb idea, she's swerving the best she can to hit every bump in the road on the way. Like, at one point I even asked her, are you purposely trying to hit every bump? And then right after that, it was like four more. <laughs> and she just laughed. And so I'm like, maybe she was. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the the whole purpose of the story is uh, it ended up, I don't know what it was. They did a CAT scan, and I'm back to pretty much normal now. But it went on for almost two weeks where it was spells. It got really bad at one point. They said I had vertigo, and there was something in my inner ear. And I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm not a doctor. But... It was really, it was really, really weird. And so the point is like, you have, your body functions well when all the portions are working well. And what it was, like part of my brain was telling myself, no, you're standing upright. And part of my brain was telling itself that, no, you're kind of tilted sideways. And so it was just, but without all of the body working together, really none of the body could do anything. It's kind of like that at HBF and in the local church in general. When all of the body just does its part, it all works pretty well together, right? We're going to go in here after a while, and you know, Brenton's going to get up there and play the drums. Sam's going to play the guitar, I'm assuming, right? Uh, you know, if he's not like, that could be said about everybody. Uh, the, the sound booth is, you know, going to turn switches and move dials, right? 
they're going to have words on the screen, hopefully, because if not, it's really awkward when that doesn't happen. Right? All of the different things. We're all going to sing. Uh, there's going to be people over there taking care of kids, because if not, it would be anarchy. Right? And sometimes is anyway uh, with over in the kids' wing. We had a lot of kids last week in the lamb. So uh, anyway, so all of these different things are going to be happening. Right? And if everything happens as it should, things go pretty well. Right? We don't really notice it. But it's when, like, you go in there, and uh, I'm kind of particular when it comes to things like this because I'm a music kind of person. I'm like, hey, why are the drums so quiet? Or, hey, why is the guitar so quiet? I can't even hear the guitar, right? What's going on? Can't you, like, do your job? You know, or, like, over here in the kids' wing, I'm like, hey. And I don't mean, like, any one person. I just mean, like, in general, like, why does it sound so weird? Well, it's because depending on where you're at in the in the sanctuary, it all sounds different, Right. And I used to think that that wasn't the case. I used to think that was a cop-out until there were times that I would have to, like, get up and walk over here to the front. I'm like, it sounds completely different over here. This is so weird, right? Maybe they're not lying to me. But anyway, it's like, anyway, it's, it's all these different things. If everything goes off without a hitch, you leave here and it's like, hey, that went pretty well. But if one person doesn't do their job, if one person's just like, eh, it's fine, you know, I'll change the slide every other, you know, verse of the song and they'll figure it out then all of a sudden things aren't working as they're supposed to. The same thing happens with your physical body. If all of it doesn't work together, well, none of it works at all. The point is like, where is your part in that body? Where is your, where do you fit in? And why do you think, and I don't mean just you, but why do we in general think that, well, I'm tired of this, so I'm going to go do that over there. Well, maybe God hasn't raised up the next person to take your spot yet. Maybe the next person to move switches and turn dials. Maybe the next person to teach kids. Maybe the next person isn't quite ready yet. And if you jump out and go do this, or if you go and do that, or if you say, you know what, I'm ready to go do that, God might not be ready for that yet. The body might not be ready for that yet. And so when we get the cart ahead of the horse, right, things kind of get all out of whack. And so it's really key to find what God has called you to do and do that until he tells you to do something different, right? Too often we just kind of like, well, I'm going to go do this or I want to go serve in this ministry. And, man, we got these people that bounce around and the body of Christ doesn't function like that. Your foot can't decide one day, you know what, I want to be your hand today. Well, uh, sorry, but that's not going to work because I I don't have balance like that to to walk on my hands. I can't do that. And so think of it like a body. That's what Paul's trying to, to use as an example here. But being different doesn't make you less useful. Everybody has to do their part, right? You could tell me one day that, hey, I really need you to fill in on the drums today, Jason. And I'd be like, I'll do it. <laughs> like, I, sign me up. And then you all would be like, hey, we're, what happened to Brenton, right? Uh, what happened to whoever's supposed to do this, right? I haven't learned that yet. And honestly, I'm probably never going to learn that. And that's okay. Uh I would like to learn the guitar someday, but maybe one of these days. But the, the point is, like, just because I think, oh, I want to do that, doesn't mean I can do that. And so just because you think one day, oh, I want to go teach, or I want to go do that, or I want to, doesn't mean that you're ready to go do that, okay? You're, you're being different is okay for what God's called you to do, but you're being different might not be okay to go do whatever you want to do, Right? Just because you want to do something doesn't, it's kind of like with your kids, just because they want to have ice cream every day doesn't mean that, uh, well, I mean, ice cream every day isn't a bad thing, but ice cream for every meal, that might be a different, like, story. You have to have something to go with it, right? What? 
<laughs> Why? I understand she does. Ice cream's good. The point is you can't, like, just because you're different doesn't make you less useful. That's what Paul's trying to say. Just because you are created to do this right now doesn't mean that you're, one, less than anybody else, and two, never going to grow into something else. Because that's another thing we tell ourselves. Well, if this is all God's ever going to use me for, well, I mean, praise the Lord that he's using you where you're at, right? Uh, Joseph was in prison for several years, and he never was like, well, I quit, you know? He was just like, I'll, I'll be used of everything that I can be used of until God calls me to do something different. You know, we have to have that attitude. He goes on to say in verse 18, because i got to keep going. But now hath God set the, uh, set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Meaning, it's God who puts you where you need to be. Uh, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. The next misunderstanding is God will only use cookie-cutter Christians. God is only going to use those who uh, look like a Christian, walk like a Christian, talk like a Christian. Um, and that's not the case, right? How many of you remember uh, Mark Chadwick, right? Mark Chadwick was a guy, uh, I remember when he got saved, and he came from a wicked background. Like, this guy... He didn't look like a Christian. He didn't really walk like a Christian. He didn't walk very good at all, just in general. He didn't have very much balance, right? And I would tell that to Mark even today, because I love the guy. But uh, he he didn't look like a guy uh, that said, hey, look at me. I look like a Christian. And I look at Mark's life, and I think God's really using him a lot, even today, right? Uh, at one point, he was, like, running the sound booth, because that's just where God had him, right? And then he moved him on into something different. But just because you don't look the right way, right? Just because, and there are people in the church that would think, oh, if, if you look like that, you, you can't serve. Or if, you, if you've come from that, you can't. That's not the case. Uh, God, God will use you if you're willing to be used. It really doesn't matter. Uh, God will use you. It doesn't matter uh, where you came from, uh, how you got there, or anything else. He says, are you willing to be used today? Right? And so if you've got this mindset that, God, well, God is only going to use those who look like that, right? Or talk like that. Or, uh, I mean, if that's the case, then he probably ought not use me because um, I'm not one to fall into the category of uh, like everybody else. I would rather be uh, exactly how God wants me to be uh, and however he wants me to be today, right? And so uh, that's just, that's just kind of how I am and that's kind of how I was created to be. And I think you should all do the same thing in the sense of how does God want you to look? How does God want you to function? How does God want you to uh, serve? How does God want you to minister? Because that's going to look different. There's going to be certain people that can minister to certain people groups or uh, demographics that others can't. Right? It just doesn't work like that. I remember we were at the men's conference last year. And if you guys remember just a few weeks ago at the Vision Conference, the, the, the black preacher from Independence, right? Uh, Ray Stewart. That's his, that's his name, right? Uh, I remember he got up there at the uh, the men's conference. Actually, I wasn't there. Somebody told me about it, though. And uh, he got up there, and he's got most of the people from, the guys from his church were there, and uh, they were all guys of color, too. And uh, he basically got up there, and he's like, hey, all you guys from Harrisonville, uh, how are you reaching the black people of your community, right? And, and he, we were just kind of like, whoa, what do you mean? You know, and I'll, I'll reach anybody. I'll talk to anybody. I'm not scared to talk to anybody, but... 
there are times when because of the way you look, you're able to minister to certain people better than you can, you know, otherwise, right? Uh, it doesn't, it's just, it's just how it works, right? It doesn't mean you can't. I'm just saying sometimes you're going to have a, a better opportunity, right? To be able to minister to this people group or that people group. And um, God's not only going to use those who look like, walk like, talk like. Uh, he'll use anybody who wants to be used, right? Right where you're at. And you might be like, well, I don't know that much. Well, perfect. God will use that too, right? God will use those who don't know that much as long as you use what you do know, right? From where you're at. I remember when I got saved, I didn't know much about uh, Jesus other than he changed my life and he needed to change some other people in my in my life's life, right? I knew some people uh, talking about like even my brother. I didn't know nothing about nothing other than uh, if he didn't get some Jesus in his life pretty soon, uh, he might not make it. <laughs> If you've ever known somebody like that. And uh, I used what I knew, and I told him that. Right? Use what you know, use what you can do, and use that until God says, okay, now you've grown a little bit. Now you can do this. You don't wake up one day and become the greatest evangelist in the world. You don't wake up one day and become the best teacher or preacher in the world. You grow into that by doing it and falling and you know messing it up and all these different things. So God's not only going to use those who look like it, he, he wants to use those who are willing to act the part and play the part, not just those who look the part. Verse 21 to 26. I'm moving through this pretty quickly because it's pretty basic stuff, but anyway. And the eye cannot say unto the hands, I have no need of thee. Now, this section right here is probably more prominent than any of them. <clears throat> I have no need of thee. Nor again the head unto the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, unto these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having uh, given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That uh, there should be no schism in the body, and that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Of all of these sections, this section generally hits the closest to home. Because in most churches, there's a wide range of people, right? Because if not, uh, if you have a church that's like only people that are 60 and above... What does everybody say of that church? It's going to die, right? Because eventually the people will die. Because eventually, no, I just mean like, if, if there's never any youth, then eventually what happens, right? Well, eventually everybody, what happens to people? They eventually die, and if there's nobody to take their place, you know, we, I've, I've preached in churches like that. I'm like, this is a dead church. Why? Because eventually if, if uh, there's not a movement of, of youth behind it, who's going to take their spot? Right? They say that of the church in America just in general. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everybody thinks, well, if, if there's a church that's all one way or all this way or all that way, there's no diversity. Right? And with no diversity, um, well, there's no growth generally. And so the point is, at HBF, I think we've got a pretty good balance here. Right? There are some elderly saints that have been here uh, for a long time. And there's also, I see new people coming in all the time, and that's good. And what he's trying to say, what Paul is trying to say, and the, here's your misunderstanding, is uh, certain parts of the body will survive without the rest. That's not the case. 
the church doesn't survive without the other parts of the church with it, right? And so generally what happens is the younger people in a church think, if everybody was just like us, we, we, we're fine without all these other people, right? Okay, well, let me just throw this out there. If we were all <clears throat> young, dumb, and had no wisdom, uh, the church would probably implode, right? Because of, of, of the pride that comes with that. There's wisdom with people who have seen some things, who have been through some things, who uh, can can go through some things. Now, on the flip side of that, there are things that as people get older, they can't do. That's why we have deacons. That's why we have people that serve the body in different ways. Um, let me, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think, uh, I think I'm pretty spot on with this. Generally, as people get older, they have more wealth. Right. And so generally, actually, I do know this because I've seen uh, I don't know who gives what, but I've seen breakdown by age group. Uh, generally, the older people give way more than the younger people do. Why it's that way? I don't really know. Because, OK, but that doesn't change. Don't get me. Don't get me started on giving. Uh, they are. But the whole point is like. I'm just saying HBF wouldn't look like HBF looks if. The elderly saints weren't giving the way that the elderly saints give. And so you might say, well, man, they're not getting anything done. Well, you wouldn't be getting anything done without the financial support of some of these older people. And so there's a balance all across the board, whether it be finances or, uh, you know, physical strength, uh, being able to do multiple things, have all these different things happening. <clears throat> there's always this, like, schism. And that's what he even says. He even uses that word, let there not be schism. Because, well, if if we didn't have these people holding us back, or if we didn't have these people always trying to change things, right? <clears throat> Young people always think, oh, the old people are holding us back from growing and doing new things. And the old people are like, if they just quit trying to change things all the time, and right? And then there's... there's <laughs> or if we would just all do what God told us to do, where God told us to do it. And if we were just willing to minister. He says, uh, you can't say to your hand... Or to your elder, or to your younger, I'd be better off without you. Because no, you wouldn't, right? He says, uh, "Are those members of the body which seem more feeble are necessary? You need elderly saints, and those members of the body which think to be less honorable, you need people who maybe come from the background of life that are just a little bit different, right? Why? Because it makes your body more diversified. It makes your body uh, able to withstand uh, more things." Right? It's kind of like, uh, no, I, I say this like I understand. I understand how it works, not from firsthand account, right? But you, you're supposed to have a, a portfolio with your wealth management, right? And I'm like, I don't have wealth to manage, so I guess I don't need a portfolio. But they say that you're supposed to have uh, investments in a lot of different areas. Why? That way when, you know, oil crashes, you're okay because you've got things invested over here or when this crashes or when this gets low and and it's able to constantly be rising overall. If all we have is a bunch of young men at the church, well, that's going to become a problem eventually. If all we had was, uh, you know, an elderly uh, ladies ministry, which uh, a lot of older churches, that's all you have, right? That's a problem. You need to be diversified. You need to be in a spot where just do what God told you to do because he needs everyone to do everything, right? If if we were all a bunch of, uh, you know, well, I don't even know how I want to say this. Uh, We all can't, you can't do every ministry 
in the season of life that you're in. Right? You personally can't do every ministry and you can't reach every person in the season of life you're in. Right? God needs people of all different types and sorts to reach all different peoples of types and sorts. Because if you... I know this is crazy to think about. Uh, there are young people that are lost and there's old people that are lost. Right? There are... Uh, Poor people that are lost, there's affluent people that are lost. Uh, and God needs people from all backgrounds to reach all of them. And I'm just saying, uh, you rolling in as, you know, the poor guy who ain't never had nothing of nothing, uh, rolling into, you know, the wealthy neighborhood knocking on doors, uh, the, you know, the rich guy's gonna be like, who are you? Right? Why is it like that? I don't know. It just is. But I'm just saying, it takes all kinds to reach all people. And that's just, that's just how it works. So, when you think to yourself, certain parts of the body are going to be fine without the rest, it doesn't work like that. Uh, the church, this church, needs all of those people. And he needs them to do them well. And you do your part well. Or nothing's going to get done. If all you ever do is bounce around and say, well, I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to go do that, and I'm going to go do this, and it's kind of like a squirrel, right? You know, if what, what is, what's, the, uh, what's the movie with the squirrel in it? Uh, Ice Age, yeah, right? I, I don't know if I've ever seen all of those, but like, there's this, it's just really weird because it has nothing to do with the squirrel, but every now and then there's this squirrel in the movie, and he's always chasing the nut, and he's always chasing the bigger nut, and he could have, you know, this, this acorn, but then he's like, oh, there's a bigger one, and he drops it, and he goes after that, and that's what we do. We're like, hey, look at that, that's shiny, and they're like, oh, look, look at that truck, that's even shinier, right? Or look at that ministry, that's even better. Or look at that, I could have that. And we just drop what we have. And sometimes when you drop what you have, you're talking about souls. You're talking about eternity for certain people. And you're just like, but I could have this, right? And that's people don't really take into account what God has given them right now because they're always after what they could have over here. And if that's where you're at in life, at the end of the day, you're probably going to have nothing. Because you're never going to achieve what you think is better because you always think that there's something better. And I'm not telling you to settle, but what I'm telling you to do is find peace where God has you. Because too often we think, I have to have this, or I have to go do that, or I have to, you know, if I don't end up uh, as a pastor or a missionary, then I'm a, I'm a failure. Well, that's a load of you-know-what, right? If everybody was a missionary, I guess nobody in America needed to get saved. Well, that's not true. Uh you know, if everybody went, there would nobody, there would never be anybody who stayed. Right? If everybody, what I'm trying to say is do what God told you to do right now until He clearly tells you in His Word, through wise counsel, through preaching, through all the ways that He teaches you, do that until He tells you to do something different. And then He wraps it up and there's really this last one, this last misunderstanding is my spiritual gifts make me better or worse than the rest of the body, uh, your spiritual gifts accompany what God has created you to do, right? Just because you're good at something outside of the body of Christ doesn't mean that you're going to be good at it inside the body of Christ, right? God gives you spiritual gifts because you're able to minister the Spirit better, right? Just because I'm really good at this over here doesn't mean you're going to be good at it in the church, that's why he gives us spiritual gifts. Uh, I'm not a public speaker at all, but God has given me kind of the gift of being able to at least teach a little bit, right? Sometimes. The point is like, 
Your spiritual gifts don't make you any better or worse than anybody else, right? Because if somebody didn't have the gift of mercy, uh, we would never be compassionate, right? I don't have the spiritual gift of mercy, right? I'm not like Steve Fleshman in that aspect. That guy could just love anybody. And I'm, I wish I was like that, but I'm not. Right? Now, if you want me to go and work and put my hand to the plow, it's like, I've got the gift of ministry. I just do. It's the season of life I'm in, and I'll go and I'll serve and I'll do and I'll, right? We need everybody to do different things. So just because you are given the gift of being able to do this, doesn't make you any better or any worse because some people are like, well, I don't have the gift of teaching, so that's okay. Do you have the gift of uh, being able to take what you're taught and minister it to other people? Because, you know, that's a gift as well, right? If nobody had the gift of administration, uh, this place would look a whole lot different than it does right now. God needs everybody to do what they were created to do in the body, and he also needs you to be willing to grow because I've, I've said a lot about People always wanting to, well, I'll go do this and I'll go do that. There's other people that think, well, this is what God told me to do and I'm never leaving it, right? This is what God told me to do and I'm never willing to grow. I'm never willing to change. I'm never willing to, well, that's just as bad as somebody who bounces around all the time because God is going to bring a new Christian in who doesn't know a whole lot to take your spot so that you can move on and do something else. And if you're not willing to move, right? If the children's ministry was so full of children's teachers, and, you know, new Christians came in and they were like, well, I don't really want to teach adults, but uh, I, I, I could teach kids. Well, we don't have any spot for you here. we got the kids' classes taken care of, right? Well, at some point, somebody needs to be willing to move up to teach somebody that's a little bit older, to take a little more responsibility. So somebody who doesn't have that level of accountability and responsibility can take a smaller role. You have to be willing to move when you're called to move. The body of Christ, it functions really well when everything works together. But it functions like a freaking train wreck when even just one part of it says, well, I'm not going to do that today, right? Well, when, when one of my ears said, no, you're going this way, and the other one said, no, you're going this way, man, I'm telling you, it was like the world, it was, it was messed up. What I'm saying is find what God has called you to do and do it well. Do one thing well before you do six things half you know what, right? Do one thing really well before you say, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, yeah, you need help? Yeah. Do one thing well. Because when you do one thing well, God's like, hey, well done, that good and faithful servant. Because you were faithful with that which was least, now you can be found faithful with that with much, right? If you can't invest two pennies... Why am I going to give you two dollars? It's the same thing in ministry. If you can't make do with what God has given you right now in this little bit, why is He going to call you to do something that much bigger? Right? If you can't evangelize in the ministry that you're in now, if you can't make disciples in the ministry that you're in now, if you can't do all of those things where you're at now, why do you think that God's going to say, oh yeah, let's go do this on an even bigger scale. And let's go do this on an even bigger scale. It doesn't work like that. And too often, people step out, and I'm not even talking about the church. Sometimes they just step out of the ministry they're in, and man, you find their forehead in the sidewalk because they're like, I was not ready for this, right? Well, that's what happens when you put a kid who can't walk yet on a bike, right? They get their forehead in the sidewalk. Well, the same thing happens. Until you learn how to do what you're called to do right now, 
then why do you think you're going to go and do it on a bigger scale over here or over here? It doesn't work like that. Right? Be faithful with where you're at. God will grow you into where He wants you to be. But you have to learn how to do what you're called to do right now before you ever step out and do it somewhere else, some some other ministry, some other anything. And so the body of Christ is very simple if you do your part. But you have to do your part. Because if not, like you're the part that's holding the rest of the body back. Right? You don't want to be that. You don't want to be the bum ankle that's holding the rest of the body from like getting the ministry done, getting the will of God done. Right? Do whatever it is He's called you to do and do it well. Hope that makes sense. So uh, I wanted to teach that a little different than what you usually get. So hopefully it makes a little sense. Let's pray way over time. What's new? Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just give us peace uh, in the in the work that you've called us to and that you would uh, really uh, just grow us into be uh, who you want us to be. Uh, by the time that we finish running our race, Lord, I pray that we are faithful with least so that we can uh, be considered uh, faithful with much, Lord. And that we would use uh, the local New Testament church uh, as uh, just a, a, a place where we can uh, exercise what you've given us, uh, whether it be spiritual gifts or physical gifts, Lord, uh, in a way that we could grow up the body of Christ, we could reach people uh, and get the work of God done uh, while there's still time. Lord, we really have one purpose uh, on, this, on this earth, and that's to get the gospel where it needs to go on time. Uh, so I pray that no matter what ministry we're in, no matter what we're called to, we're doing that first and foremost, uh, Lord, and that you would get the honor and the glory. I pray for those uh, who uh, just find themselves uh, just always desiring more or never desiring more, that you would just give them peace in what you've called them to uh, and that they would just find purpose in that, Lord. There are misunderstandings in the sense of we feel like we're not good enough, we're not equipped enough, uh, God, but you've given us uh, all the same amount of the Holy Spirit, so I pray that we would just use the Spirit that you've given us uh, to equip, uh, to, to get the mission done while there's still time. Uh, Lord, I pray you preach to Pastor Brian as he gets back into to Exodus today and that you would just uh, really just change our lives through the Word of God. In Christ's name, amen.